Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. Well, that's what we want to do. We want to let the Bible speak because God has given us a book that's meant to give us direction in our life and tell us how to have a relationship with him and which way to go. There are a lot of influences in the world that would seek to inform us of the right way to go, but God has not left us without a guidance and uh, and the, the scripture. And so today, uh, my name is Josh Elder, <laughs> maybe not tomorrow. Today, your name is Josh? <laughs> I, you know, sometimes you change the direction you were going. Yeah. And then it doesn't end up where you were. So anyway, <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost always. In fact, <laughs> almost always. That's how it works for me. So uh, <laughs> my name is is Josh Elder. Alongside of me is um, Mr. John Chetto. Hello, John. Do you really want me to give you your proper, appropriate like label of pastor or reverend or anything when I, I introduce? How many times? Man, on this podcast, I believe I've said it like four times. I prefer the revered pastor. I know. But are you perfect? S- I mean, preferably the revered. You know, Jason no. was saying something about being because he's ordained. He's he's re- a reverend. reverend. Yeah, that's I, the first time I ever heard that. Yeah. Well, I know we were all. I just all I'm saying is is like I always assumed, like when we, whenever we became a pastor in the church, mm-hmm. uh, we should probably introduce this. <laughs> no, we're already before you start. Let people let people <laughs> figure, figure it out. out. Yeah, yeah they'll figure out voice. what's going on. Like Henderson's uh, Henderson does he sounds different. Um so alongside of John and I today we have a special guest. Special. He has not been here before, so forgive him for any errors he'll make as we go forward. Uh anything that goes wrong, his fault. His fault. The mic stand did fall as soon as I got here. That is true. And it was a bad <laughs> sign. I did think maybe the Lord is warning us. But uh is Cameron Wetzel. It's a very long pause. Between my well, names. it's because a lot of times my brain malfunctions. Yeah, he forgets my name. I forget everybody's name. Every time. It's <laughs> so, not encouraging, actually. Yeah. No, I've always had brain issues. Y'all yes. know this. I well, think it has to do with the drug addiction. but Probably. You know, former. I'm yeah, not, maybe specify former. Okay, former most, drug most of addiction. A, most listeners, you know, all five of them. Right. Uh, They've heard before. They yeah. knew I was a past drug addict. If you didn't yeah. know I was a past drug addict, now you do. Yeah. And sometimes I think it messes with my head. Probably. I can't for, yeah. I can't remember like perfectly good words, normal words. Okay. <laughs> and uh so sometimes when I lose a word <laughs> I got a good 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 brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of messed up. Anyway, so Cameron. Yes. You're here with us. That is an accurate assessment. And And uh, you too are a reverend. Well, I don't know. We've we we're that's defining what I was the trying terms to, that's now. what I'm saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. But we always call in the church. We always call people Reverend, right? When they I'm Reverend a Jason, I'm licensed pastor, and then I, reverend I'm, I'm like almost ordained. I no, got like so right technically, up to ordination so then, even even local pastors, you're ordained within the place you serve. You are uh, a Reverend. That there was we go. that was a license to preach thing. John Robert Black was like, when they put R E V in front of your name. I don't think he talked he, like that. No, he didn't. He didn't sound a thing okay. like that. So, but he did say he was like, when they, when you get R E V, you're kind of committing to living your life differently than you know, <clears> something like that. I don't know. Yeah, was that cough a, a foul? Like how bad was that? No, no, not no. nearly as not bad nearly as me as clearing as my throat. Clearing throat. Okay, I just wanted to good. check the side. Although, if you could put the hookah fine, away, that would that would. Uh, we would I mean, appreciate it. Of yeah. the three of us, gonna, though, I'm gonna, not the guy. You don't think so? <laughs> you don't think so? <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. Is that implying that I'm the guy? It's implying that I'm definitely not. Yeah, I guess maybe out of the three, you would not be that guy. No. So, uh, Cameron, you do a lot of uh, youth work. 
I do, when you put it like that. With the youngins. Yep, okay. <laughs> and uh, I do. From from 18 under, is that what you, like, until until seventh grade? Yeah, I mean, so basically take them from confirmation, so middle of sixth grade, usually, um, all the way till when they graduate, and then depending on their situation, beyond sometimes. So, okay. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that was it. Um, the, uh, <laughs> so if you'll bring us out, John. Exactly. <laughs> the, um, so. The, uh, so I, but typically when we have somebody like new on the podcast, like we ask them uh, questions. What, yeah. We ask them questions. He's been resistant though to these questions. He's, he's well, un- I, unpleasant, I, I think is, I, is I want everyone to understand too, that there's no rhyme or reason here. We're just, we sat down. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is just started happening. Yeah. I see. I'm glad you let them know that so yeah. that they don't think there's this whole, no, uh, very, that's why I'm like kind of just waiting for some lead here. Cause I'm like, okay, yeah. And now doing? they're either amazed in the, or yeah, they're, they're like, going, or they're going. Oh, we knew it. It all makes sense. <laughs> it all makes sense now. <laughs> every time, every week, when they come on and make no sense to each other. But okay, so we do ask this question of people who come on their first time on. Um, and well, John. Okay, well, we'll just go with this question first, and then. I mean, can we start with yeah. a question? Yeah. So here's the question. Okay. Um. How did you how did you become a Christian? How did you get to know the Lord? Ah, it's a very long and I think you knew that, but Well, not, that's why I mean we have to the the time that people are giving to us has to be spent well. Yeah. You know, so, so for not to try to draw this out, so I would say that my parents did a great job. Boring. Oh. <laughs> Where's that crickets button? Yeah, go ahead and find it. Go ahead, take your time. I'm sorry. Yeah. Also, since By we're doing way. this, since we're calling everybody out, John has a preloaded board of sound effects. So just stay tuned for all of the amazing oh. things coming. I forgot. And then I just tried and I failed. And it wasn't even. No. He was like, "That's the, there, there it goes. is. Good okay. job." He's go. been wanting to use those for a long time. I'm yeah. letting the I'm letting the people know what's really. All right, I'm on. sorry. All right, I, so I, your I just, parents did a wonderful so job raising me in yeah. the church. However, uh, I, wait. So okay. All right. So is this my story? Or? No, I know. But what church? What church were you? Well, I mean, so I was born in Washington State. So we. Were, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, when did you come to Louisiana? When I was six years old. Mm. Okay, so you were in Washington. Mm-hmm. Like all, all coming state. Together yes. It's important to say that because people could get confused with Washington. You did. He did say that. I, I know. I heard him. Thank I heard you for him, clarifying the thing just, that needed no clarification whatsoever. <laughs> and so y'all were there until you were six? Yep. And then you moved here? It's great that you rephrased all of these things in a very drawn out <laughs> way. I thought I said it very clearly. Listen, our listeners need to hear things more than once, okay? What are you implying about your I, listeners? I'm no, saying, wait, no. no. I'm just saying. And no. <laughs> <laughs> Is this supposed to be how this goes? Are this we... is how it goes. Okay. And you would know if you listen to more than right. two of more these. than two of our podcasts. Yes. Listen, I was honest Please. with you. That's, I appreciate your honesty. You know, when you don't listen, you bring down our listenership to like six people rather than seven. We well, need that seventh. I mean, I guess when you're working with such small parameters, that is like a significant yeah. big, percentage big wise. Yeah, big yeah. hit. All right, so y'all came to Louisiana. Yeah, so at six I came, uh, and we tried a bunch of different churches, and we actually ended up at uh, where you serve. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'd really. How old were you when that started? You're asking hard questions. I don't have answers to. I would guess like nine ish. Okay. Eight or so nine. So you were really young. Yeah, I was really young. Um, and so I, I heard, you know, the tenets of Christianity, and I took them as more like a, a moral construct that I applied to a cultural lifestyle. So I, anybody that knows my story, I say that I always lived a cultural Christian life, meaning I, 
I took some morality from Christianity. I took some cues from Christianity. I incorporated it into my as as fragments into my total worldview. But at, in the basis of it, it was just a cultural component. Um, and I did that for most of my life. And um, my big conversion, which really brought me into alignment with Christ, um, occurred in my basically senior year of college. I literally was like two weeks out of graduation or I might have just graduated I don't even remember that component to, to specifics but um I had a, a, a cold um and up until that point you know I told everybody that I was like living my best life I was worried about I was in a sales role in a fitness equipment and I loved that job it was a great job um but it it really allowed me to fixate on like two big goals which was money and muscles I always said that like mm. that's all I cared about was the two m's money mm. and muscles so um and so I was working at this store I was really enjoying it um having a great time uh and i had yeah i had a cold virus nothing serious just like lung congestion and things like that and then one night um it just started like burning a little like in my chest and i was like okay you know i've got some like lung irritation it just kept getting worse and worse and at, at a certain point i was just doubled over um and my girlfriend at the time now wife megan was like you need to go to the hospital and i'm like you know i'm 20 years old i'm like there's nothing wrong with me i'm not going to the hospital i work out all the time i'm in great shape um I'm not going to the hospital and it proceeds to go on for like several hours and so it gets to the point where it's running up my neck it's unbearable I'm just in excruciating pain and she's like you gotta go to the hospital you gotta go to the hospital so I was like fine I'll go to the hospital so my dad start comes with me Megan comes with me and we all go to the hospital and as soon as I get there they they, they hook me up and they're like they run an EKG and they're like EKG is normal you're fine uh, but we'll run some blood real quick just to make sure and they put me um, in the waiting room at first and I'm sitting in the waiting room and I'm, I'm like, it starts to feel a little better, I guess. I don't know if I'm just like in my head or placebo effect or whatever it was. And I was like, I probably had gas. Yeah. And you're <laughs> yeah, just like, I gotta I'm go. So and I'm like so shamed right now. You're because like, why I'm like, am I here? Yeah. It's like, it's like one in the morning and my dad and my girlfriend are here and I'm just like doubled over like with tummy aches, you know, yeah. or something like that. And so they eventually, they pull me in a room and they're like, we're waiting for your blood panels to come back. And finally when they do, it was like something out of like a movie uh the the er doctor comes in with like four nurses and they're like your your heart enzymes are through the roof you're in heart failure and they they give me i don't even know like four shots of nitroglycerin in the stomach put me on my back roll me into the icu and i spend i think two weeks in icu i think i coded a couple times or something wow. like so, that. so so wait just, before you go on so when the nurses tell you you've got heart failure the mm-hmm. doctor doctor or nurses would do you remember who that was? Or? I think it was the ER doc that ER made doc. the claim. And, then, and so, like, when that happened, so my tendency would be like, you mean my heart will not work anymore? Like, is it like, uh, did you know what that yeah, entailed? I didn't, I didn't know what that entailed, but you, I, it was, it kind of started it moving. Good. It's, yeah, it was bad, and it was, start stuff started moving very fast. Mm. So it was kind of just, just roll with whatever they're doing and whatever they're saying. Yeah, you know? just go so, for yeah, it. They were what like, was your fear factor like at that point? So I'll be honest, it it was not terribly bad. I don't I don't know if that makes sense. It's just I was selfish, but I was not so selfish that I cared enough. Like I I don't know how to put it. Not in the sense of like I was like, you know, didn't value my life, but it wasn't like death wasn't that intimidating. I guess what I mean is, did you recognize that as as the life threatening situation it was, or did you feel like I'll be fine? They got this. Yes and no. Okay. Both. I think so. So I I think I realized it for sure especially after I had some like, you know, bad nights and, 
you know, uh, was stuck there for a while. But there was, you know, there's just at 20, there's just part of you that thinks you're invincible. Oh, yeah. Which is, let me just, let me tell everybody because they don't know y'all. They don't know you very well. Okay. Since they just met you for the most part. Although some people maybe. Technically haven't met me at all. But yeah. Well, they heard about you on the radio <laughs> um, or wherever they're listening to it. Call us the radio. On their <laughs> phone. In their earbuds. <laughs> yeah. We, we make a lot of mistakes like that. But um, so, so one of the things I know about you is that your fear factor now is super high, super high. Yeah. I'm, I'll get to that part. So like, I'm listening to that yeah. and I'm like, okay, so you weren't even afraid. I'm not saying I was unafraid. It just it, like, it'll progress is what I think. Okay. It, All right. Go ahead. Of, so anyway, so yeah, basically the come to find out that uh, the virus that was in my lungs spread to this sack around my heart and then to my heart itself. So I had para and myocarditis swelled up. That's what led to the heart failure. And so after tw- like 12 days or two weeks ish, somewhere in that range, I don't remember. Um, they thought I, everything was fine. They're like, you're under control. Your heart's kind of come back down. You should be good to go. And so I, I went home, you know, they had some, I had some medicines and stuff. I think I was on like beta blockers and blood thinners and things like that just to kind of, um, you know, keep things running smoothly. But they were basically under the impression, like we got through the storm, you should be good to go. Um, to which case, I think it was, you know, I started feeling sluggish and slow and just feeling off. And then one day at the office, and so to, to be clear too, when I was at the office, I was the only guy at the office. I worked the desk, I worked orders, I worked everything, and then I worked sales. And so I'd sit there behind my computer, behind my desk, and when a client would come in, I'd come around the desk and show them the equipment and talk like that. So I was alone in my office, and I stood up, and I just blacked out. Um, and I blacked out so long that I'd actually hit my head on the table and and like I had a little cut and it was bleeding and I dried to the floor because it was like that like you know oh, industrial wow. carpet yeah so I don't even know how long I was out but I was out for a while and so I got up and I, I called um just the cardiologist that I had met and they brought me in and so fast forward the story this goes into two years uh so so from the swelling I developed scar tissue um which led to a- afib and VTAC mm-hmm. so my heart would basically for those that don't know it would um instead of having a regular beat it would it would pulse and tremor um which would cause like clotting and then VTAC is when it would just like basically miss the push rhythm kind of thing and so i'd have like blackouts low energy um all kinds of not good things um and so this is where like the fear factor started kind of coming in because it wasn't like this fluke that i overcame this became a more real everyday struggle yeah um and so i ended up being in and out of hospital visits in and out of you know whatever little procedures tests things like that trying to fix it trying different meds all this stuff um they put a little like device in my chest for monitoring purposes and so fast forward like i ended up um the company i was with was an amazing company they offered me you know another position in new orleans to just kind of like help out they really were trying to do their best but i ended up losing my job because I was not able to run the store and the store wasn't doing good enough. And um, and at this time, you know, back to the whole money and muscles thing, uh, I I wasn't able to work out. And so I, I, you know, in my own world, I ballooned up by like almost 80 pounds, 100 pounds, somewhere around there. I got up to like 275. I was real big. Um, and he's short, so for, yep, I am not very tall. <clears throat> so I was, I was, it's I was, because I'm not short. And too, no, so, you know. a bit of a, a height supremacist, I would say. Well, okay. you know, I just think it's important for people to like see to throw those words you know, around. Seems I know, supremacist height. is, is kind of, yeah, right. <laughs> height. You should make that clear on the, anyway, on the microphone. So go on. Um, yeah. So I, 
yeah, everything that I, I knew was gone. Uh, I was no longer this muscle guy. I was this, you know, overweight guy. Pudgy. Yeah, uh, pudgy. <laughs> she felt the need to, you know. I just things. thought that would be a good descriptor. Okay, cool. So yeah. I was pudgy. Um, and then I was living off my parents. I mean, mm. I, I had no real meaningful employment. And so, yeah, my identity was gone. And so at the bottom of your own identity, you have to seek what there is. And so um, at that That's time. That's a great point. Yeah. Well, I didn't think so at the time. Sure. But uh, at the time, a, a friend of mine's husband had did just. Did you at the time, hold on before you go on, because you yeah. said you didn't think so. But at the time, did you feel like, uh, you're like, were you praying like, because you're 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 you have somewhat of a relationship with God, you said. As far as like yeah. you grew up in the church, would would you say sure. something like, you know, God, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. So I don't like the fact that this is recorded when I say this because why <laughs> I don't like saying this. But I got to a point where because of my, you know, views and and the components of Christianity that I did have culturally, uh, I basically had gotten to a point where, and this is kind of where that phone call comes in as I. Uh, I got to the point where I just said, you know, there either isn't a God yeah. or I hate this dude. Yeah. Right. And that was where I was at. I'm well, sure. I don't know why you shouldn't, you shouldn't be I don't, embarrassed. I don't, you know, that's not embarrassed That's really don't important. Feel great saying I hated God. Man, I guarantee you somebody's listening to this, right? You know, yeah. like yeah. they're listening to this and that, that matters. For sure. Them. I understand that. Yeah. I just don't like saying it out loud. Sure. Often. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but that's where I was. And so, yeah, I reached out to a friend of mine and I barely, you know, at the time I, it was a, a pretty shallow relationship but I just knew he was going into ministry and I felt so so much shame about the fact that I was either like there's no God or I hate him yeah. that I didn't feel comfortable talking to the people that I thought I would normally go to right like I didn't feel comfortable talking to my pastors I didn't feel comfortable talking to anybody because I'm just in my own mind I'm like this you know I hate God I'm this angry depressed person and I just didn't so I, I wanted a new source a fresh face someone I didn't feel uh, you know, no expectations. Yeah, no, that makes yeah. that makes sense. And <coughs> that's when he so, met me. Nope. No. <laughs> no, no, that's not part of the story at all. <laughs> so there's actually this uh, other guy um, who's a pastor as well, Sam Hubbard. Uh, um, and so he just started, uh, you know, having coffee with me and kind of talking through stuff. And so it kind of started this whole mind and eye opening journey of just this selfish way of life that I had lived and this this identity that I had built on transient things of this world and all this stuff and so it just basically really that breakdown allowed me to start seeking something more um, and kind of looking at the bigger picture and so I uh, started reading scripture more um, again my girlfriend at the time but now wife Megan uh, we just dived in started taking Bible studies um, just couldn't get enough um, and we both kind of turned our lives around at that point you know I was I kind of liked drinking a lot at the time and you know we all had vices and so we me and her kind of agreed together she had some vices and we kind of sat down and we're like let's let's just you know pursue better you know at this time and, and we felt called to do so so we kind of quit all our vices together and held each other accountable and we just kind of started changing our lives um but the fear part was still there because at this time like i'm still not healthy um and so i'm getting to a point where uh are you still having heart procedures? Yeah. So, well, and not like, I didn't have like a hundred heart procedures, but it was more like trial and error things. So like mm -hmm. I would go in for like a, a radio frequency ablation. So they try to like burn parts mm -hmm. of the heart. It would, it like, I came out and they'd be like failed. So we're going to look at something different. And so it was like kind of mm -hmm. scheduling stuff out, talking to different specialists, things like that. Um, <clears throat> and then randomly, like I would have like bad spells where I would not 
be feeling good, having lots of, like, so I'd have to go get my device checked, um, like every few weeks. And so like some weeks I'd go in and they'd check it and then they'd be like, ah, and then they'd hospitalize me because they're like, this device is telling us really bad news. So they would put me in the hospital for like monitoring and things like that. And, uh, you know, so it wasn't like I was in and out of surgeries, but I was in, but some of them were like, I went out for procedures and then I'd come back. And so uh, it was just always something kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so in this, you know, seek of God and, and, and really trying to pursue that, um, I started really feeling a call to just to, to give and to love. Um, and, and it's almost, you know, it feels like so like laid out because the, the first thing I did was I, I got a job in a vocational ministry, essentially, was what it is. It wasn't ministry um, per se, but it was um, it's folk rehab. So I was a contracted out through a company, um, through the state, through Louisiana Rehabilitation Services. And you'd go out and you would help people with either uh, mental or physical disabilities that are going through LRS. And you would um, do work rehabilitation. So you would help them develop skills, get necessary aids or whatever they needed to get back into their way of life, whether they had a TBI, traumatic brain injury, or or anything. And I did that for a while. uh, And it was great, but I just, I felt like I needed to do more, needed to do more. So I started actually um, volunteering at the church in the children's ministry because my wife at the time was getting involved with the children's ministry. So I started volunteering there, just kept trying to do more and more and more. Um, and I just felt, yeah, just drawn more and more and more. And so it got to the point where I just, I felt like I needed to be at the church um, and I didn't know how. And so I came to the executive pastor and I was like, hey, uh, Jimmy. And I was like, hey, I just, I need to be here. And he's like, all we got right now are custodial positions. And I was like, cool. I'll do it. I need to be here. He was a good custodian too. Appreciate that. No, it's true. <laughs> like, you know, when you think, when I think back to you as a custodian, I was like, you know, not all we've had custodians that, you know, I'm not sure were as good or as diligent as they ought to have been. Uh, Nobody, but, anybody listening to this knows, you know, you're not talking about anybody specifically. Nobody specific, no. literally general, completely Just general, general. But uh, <laughs> specifically, <laughs> specifically, Cameron was uh, diligent as a, I, as a custodian. That's actually I, th- I love that part of your story. Um, that like you were just like, you know, I'll do anything to be a part of this. Like yeah. whatever. I mean, there's this, you know, there's something to be said for that. I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, well, I appreciate. it. Probably wasn't as great as it sounds right now but no it's not i mean it it, it sounds like actually like a difficult decision to like go from what you were doing to like i mean there was some ego in it sure yeah but i mean you know what an amazing college educated man you know but i i I was trying really hard to just to let that side of me die um and so back to the fear conversations the fear starts ramping up because at this point um so i'm working as a custodian and i'm still struggling with this stuff and then uh, i have my first child um and and then all of a sudden, well, that, before you do all that, okay, all right, all right. before I didn't you know do this all was that, my, not my story. It is, but we have questions, okay, you know, ask me some questions. and you have answers. So, um, so you like you had this conversation with Sam. Mm-hmm. You, y'all were diving deep into the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like there? Where was the shift in Job? The relationship with God, Job. So tell me, tell so us. So Job was in, in, a man in many you, ways. A man you met named Job? Yep. Uh, okay. Some guy, Job. So this guy, Job. No, uh, I was reading We've through. actually done a, a 
We did a, a series, series on Job. Yeah, because so of suffering. If people are yeah. following along, they, they, they're familiar. Yeah, you sure. wouldn't have heard any of those. But. So it literally, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't one of the two. So. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I was reading through uh, I was reading through Job, and um, I just, <gasps> I, I, I <laughs> arrogantly, I like resonated with Job because I was like, me and Job are the same. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm um, upright before God too. I also well, have suffered. And then all yeah, like this, I thought oh, more like children like, have been taken. Me and Job are the same in the hardship department. Yeah. yeah. Um, but which I just, in one part, like his health was definitely struck. Yeah, suffering but I, was yeah, suffering's I had, relative. I had yeah. like a point two percent of of his. But anyway, I'd say all that. Say I just I felt so much in when I was reading Job and then I, I got to God's response and I just got to this this That'll this shift. You. Yeah, it was it was such a shift too for me, like in in the sense that I had such a egocentric view of the world. Mm. Um and it just expanded out and 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 just that that shift of like it, 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 I don't care what my perspective is anymore. I need to know what the creator's perspective is. I need to know what God's perspective is. And I want to, I want to pursue what God wants me to pursue. I want, I, and it was that shift from who, who are you? You know what I mean? That yeah. who yeah. are you question yeah. punched me in the head. And, and that's Man. where it really shifted for me. I mean, that really, it resonates with what we talked about last week in our, I didn't, I didn't listen to that. One. You weren't, no, you had, you Nobody's wouldn't heard of that. Actually, Nobody had yet. They will have heard it. There's we'll a delay. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. What am I talking about? I I'm I'm just mean to so I don't give know. away it's all. Okay. We can just Here we go. Talking. Uh, but so no, but like we'll go home. But like authority, <laughs> authority, which we've been talking about is is I, I see this as as a distinct change in people's lives, which is is it, you come to a point where it's really kind of like Jesus said, dying to yourself or, yes. you know, coming to an end to yourself uh, and and really putting God as your authority. You stop caring so much about what you think mm-hmm. or what you believe or whatever it is, and it really becomes more about what does God say, what does God think, and all, all that type of stuff. Yeah. You were looking at... at, uh, at Mr. I, I was trying to mute my button while I cough on the side. I didn't mute the button because so I, I got scared that, my that I was going to hit the wrong button. y'all carry such interest that a cough can yeah. get your attention away. Well, it's so I good. mean, you're asking pretty rhetorical <laughs> questions for me. You're not. You're See, not you're we're not all coughing right now. Like I think they're no, sidebarring no, no. <laughs> on your authority topic. Right. And I'm like, okay, right. Well. Exactly. Well, like you can pitch your you can pitch your your series. Like, well, yeah, no. Good. I mean, this is part this, of the this series. Is what it is. Now you're just number two. You know what I mean? Like, but. But no, like I think that's part of the issue is we see in, in our lives is, is and I, I see this with a lot of Christians is, is they've kind of been like you said, I believe in Jesus. I go to church even like, or I read the Bible even. Right. But I, I'm still the authority. Right. You well, know? And yeah. I mean, what, what, where was your, where was your, like, if you can pin it down, um, when did the Bible stop being a book and start being a guide? When I truly started to read it. Because it's, 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 I, I hate to say it like this, but like I had a very, I don't know how to word it. I, I would call it like a Sunday school approach. You know what I mean? Like I'd read a, yeah. the, the typical, like David and Goliath. I'd read right. certain stories for the certain moral implications of it. And, and that was it. You know, and it wasn't until I started truly trying to like dig through the hard passages and, and, the beautiful passages and, and seeing how they integrate and seeing this this thousands of years tied together through yep. the work of God in this world and 
seeing it all, you know, come to fruition in the the person of Jesus Christ and just, you know, watching it just it's it was just when I really spent time and really decided that it was something worth investing in, um, that it just came to life. And then the, the more I read, the more I, I felt my heart changed and I felt shaped and um, do you feel like my perspectives and you reading the scripture that way happened before or after you came to this understanding that I really I'm not so concerned about what I think anymore. Like, was it, did Job, was it after Job, before Job? No, I think, I mean, I took, I started taking scripture very seriously before the Job moment, but the Job moment for me was a very big shift from, yeah, from my ego to something else. And, you know, I've had a conversation with somebody about this because I think the reason that's important, what you're talking about is, is because some people will say like, and I wouldn't say this, but some people would say like they started reading the Bible and then they disregarded it because of reading the Bible, you know? And I have a friend who actually said like, um, basically like now they, they almost, and they're not a believer, but they almost despise the Bible, you know? And sticking points and stumbling blocks are all over the place. And, and, I've I've had those conversations too yeah. with, with people. Um, you know, and, but it's amazing to me that parables read wrong and you right. know like, and then there's this one side where people can read it and come away like that, and then on another side, you read it and suddenly it opens up a world to you like that you hadn't seen before. But I think it goes back to that Joe moment in the sense that like if you come to scripture with this very like your own view of the world and you're right and all the decisions you've made are right and and you know the perspectives that you hold in 2022 are are as refined as a human mind could ever be right superior and then you look at this historical text that's you know wrestling with people and their brokenness and and god's attempts to to shape and and move in the world and all of these things and you read it from this perspective of like you know, I am morally superior in some way, then yeah, it's easy to, to pick out the the brokenness. Yeah. Um, but I think that's part of what really draws me to scripture is how real and authentic it is and, and how it's not this. Absolutely. It doesn't this, cover over. Yeah. It's not a fairy tale just trying to, you know, paint this pretty picture. It's like, no, here's, here is how story real after story of us messing up and, yeah, were and, yeah. and, and as, as hard as we try and as messy, it just, it's a mess, yeah. but that's, the, that's, that's reality. And reality to me, that's, that's one of the things that lends, I mean, that, that, and I might've already said this before, but for me, that's, that's what helped me, um, ex- accept the Bible initially was like, if, if it were fake, then and then these people are just writing stories to control people. Why would people. they put all the bad Why stuff? Why would in they? It? I mean, yeah, like it's it's just a well, uh, like a an anthology of yeah. all the mistakes that we have made. And speaking of that too, like I think that's one of the things. Like from that perspective, something that really stuck out to me was you know looking at the kings. Right, we have this huge narrative of of Saul's rise and fall, mm-hmm. and then David, who who's you know prized in so many ways. Rise and, and fall. fall, right? Yeah. And and the perspective from a history perspective, and his son rise and fall, yeah, and, and his son. But that fall what I was going to say is from a, a history perspective, history was always written by kings, yeah, and the kings were always super right, right, yeah. And the, our history is written from the perspective of the prophets, yeah, yeah. And they're like, look, there, here's the good, and here's all the bad, 
And I thought that was such a, an authentic and genuine thing because, like, yeah. yeah, in history, if you go back, typically speaking. Yeah, the Egyptians wouldn't even write about their, their defeats. No, yeah. You know, they wouldn't put that. They Sunshine would put their great rainbows. victories. Yeah, yeah everything was victories. all the good. And But but our histories were written by the prophets, you know, who often were, were you know, outcasted and, you know, and yeah. that's the history Brutally that we, honest. yeah, that's the history that we chose to keep, which is the, the not the pretty picture. Yeah. It's the, it's the real and it's the authentic. And so I think that's a big part of it too, is if you go to it as like this, I need to be the one to judge this morally, that's a different perspective than like, who am I, you know, coming from that Joe perspective, right? you yeah. know, and let me just come to something humbly. So yeah, for sure. So we lost. We got on our side yeah, I don't trail. Know where we are anymore. So you were you were suddenly started really taking the Bible seriously, yeah. and um, what else? <laughs> well, I mean, how, personally, how, how I don't think we're off. You listening? I don't think my, we're off track story. at all because I think our goal, um, you know, how do we have a goal? Yeah, yeah let the Bible speak, which we, we've been not letting. Well, it speak, but you know? it was going to be uh, scriptural authority. Yeah, it was. And, and so, I mean, that's what we're we're we have. We are talking about that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. if you if the last episode was Jesus is the authority, um, and this topic was going to be Scripture as authority, and I think that the Spirit has led us into that place, so yeah. I think we're right on track. Right. Okay. Sure. You see no design, but so, we see full design. So, where did how did you get from? All right, uh, uh, humbled and and self aware by Job, mm-hmm. um, to, I think I want to you know I think I'm being called into the being a pastor yeah so that was a weird transition too so i again i was still pretty fearful because i was still dealing with this stuff um and i was really just seeking more and so in fact josh and i had this conversation in a hallway one time i was like i want to go to seminary this is before i wanted to be a pastor i was like i want to go to seminary and he kind of gave me a hard time he's like why Mm. (laughs) why Uh, why josh didn't have the best experience well i was about to say i i can't say my seminary is fantastic and you know you know for a full full sales pitch not endorsed asbury theological seminary is a phenomenal place this podcast is brought to you by Asbury <laughs> Theological Seminary, where, where real disciples are formed. Yeah, um, where the godly enjoy. You know, like no. not not me. Yeah, so I felt I felt called to seminary first. To be honest, that's cool. Um, and I think I did. I think I did like a year in seminary before I felt like I. What was your vision it. for? What were you going to use that for? Just I no simple idea. understanding. I had no idea. Okay. I just wanted to go. Okay. I, I know that sounds silly, mm. but I just wanted to go. I think that's cool. Um, and then it, it just it seemed you know to be a god thing because I started getting a ton of support and, and financial support, which I, at the time I mean wasn't making enough money to justify going to seminary at all. Um, and I, I had donors come through and truly like fund ninety nine percent of my expenses, and they covered my tuition and pretty much all I had to do was travel and books. And so I started pursuing seminary, uh, and then and that's why you're still. You're still uh, a custodian, right, at St. Timothy? <laughs> we, we established that I have, I'm ordained to Jason or something. No, I'm saying, like, you were you at the point? Oh, 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 in the story? I thought you were oh saying gosh. right now. And I was like, oh. no. like um, Arguably, like, it did sound like that. Yeah, Josh, no, no, no. But I, was, I was still in the custodial role, I think, yeah. Yeah, when you started, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you had, fun, um, you had uh, well, I'll say funding, but people, you know, Anonymous donors that supported you going Mm -hmm. to seminary without any expectation of you actually being a pastor. Yeah, I I can't put into words. That's amazing. And I've, I, 
I, you know, I wrote little letters to them and little notes That's to them amazing. and stuff like that. But I, words will never articulate. Like, I can't understand that from my perspective. Um, but that was, it was, yeah, it was an incredible thing. It was an incredible thing. Wow. Um, yeah. So at the time I was still a custodian. And so, and that was kind of hard, you know, being, you know, in seminary and custodian, having my first kid, all this stuff. It was once. just one child at the time, at the time. Cause he's got um, four. Yeah. For people and, in, in quick succession too. Yeah. Very like, quick. I mean, so all four of my kids are seven and under right now, and, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's a lot, but, um, and so, yeah, I, I still was really wrestling with the fear and I don't know if that's something that I've really, I, I think I've gotten a lot better at, but it's still, because I think the more the kids came into the, the, the picture, the more kind of coming back to the original story of just like, I wasn't that worried about dying. I became way more afraid of death because mm-hmm. I just, the more I, you know, you had responsibility. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I just, yeah. And I, I look at my kids and I'm like, and you faced it too. Yeah. Well, and I, I guess I, I felt very mortal, I yeah. felt very mortal. Yeah. And at the same time I'm looking at these kids and I'm like, I, I need to be here. You know, the arrogance of that, like, like I'm, I'm that important, but I right. do, I, I believe that like, you know, they need a father and they need, no, a, God's yeah. given you a role, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. like, so that fear kind of started kicking up. And so, that was something I was dealing with while in seminary. I was very fearful. Um, and so, yeah, I just, uh, in that seminary process, I guess the discernment, you know, I, I just f- felt like pastoral ministry was where I, I wanted to be and where I needed to be. You Do know? you feel like that fear? Cause I mean, <clears throat> the scripture talks about the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that mortal fear uh, is, I know definitely in my life is where I've, really started to see God take control of my life versus like before when I wasn't afraid of anything when I was before, before I had my, I'll be honest with you to this day. I think my fear is my quite opposite. It's like lack of, uh, control. You don't Yeah. It's like a trust thing. And, and fear is, you know, I mean, full transparency, I guess for, you know, all, we're all five five to seven listeners. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're literally, you're going to be heard by dozens, dozens, (laughs) I think fear, uh, to this day, if I'm being very honest, is the thing that stands between me, um, you know, and, and, a, and a more connected relationship. Like, and, and not saying I don't have a great relationship with God and, and, and my faith, but what I'm saying is oh. the thing that causes me to stumble the most is fear because yeah. it's it's just the opposite of trust, you know, and, and in order to trust God, I have to be okay with all these possibilities. I mean, in, you you've heard my jokes, right? Like, just, you know, we, we say, you know, God's in control. We can trust God. And then I'm like, well, I mean, I don't want to do what Paul did though. Like, you know, that, right. that didn't look like a good time for me, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's like God's in control, but, you know, Paul uh, did a lot of ministry from a jail. So yeah. 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 And, uh, Jesus was crucified. Right. So, so yeah. And yeah. so there's that, that, there's this component of like preservation, I guess that, that I have to wrestle with. And I think that is to this day, my biggest and, and almost, and I don't want to say only, because you know everyone has problems, but I mean, like, if I had to say anything, really, was my focal point of, of what causes me to have you know deviations or, or sin. It, it's fear. Yeah, you know, um, when I think about what you're talking about, is I kind of see it as, and I might be overplaying it, but I, I usually see it as a transference from the fear of God to uh, kind of this understanding of God as is father. So like when it says in the scripture that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, I take that beginning yeah. word very powerfully, like in the sense of like 
it's the beginning. I don't think it's the end of wisdom. I think, I think it's, it's where a lot of us start is understanding God's bigger than me. He's stronger than me. I'm mortal, tiny. Oh my, like, and especially for like what you said is as far as Job, that was the message of Job. The message of Job was I'm God. You're not. Right. And, um, you can't break suffering down into this simple equation that you want it to be. No. And, 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 and like Job repents of that, you know? And, um, and, and so I think in that sense, like in my own life, that starts like right. that's where it started with me. I had to learn how to trust God. I, when I began with God, it was completely like, I'm going to die. God, God's going to change his mind. He saved me in, with my drug overdose, but he, he's going to like, I'm not worth it. So he's going to mm. take, he's going to take it back and I'm gone, you know, and, and I'm so scared. I couldn't even watch TV because I felt like it was such a waste of time. Mm. And I was like, so that's how afraid I was of life. I was like, every second I'm like, how long did that last? It didn't last. Like, I remember Lauren, who was my fiance, she finally got frustrated with me. And because I was so afraid. Just the one time. No, for like a couple (laughs) weeks. (laughs) And yes, that wasn't the end because now she's my wife. But, uh, but I literally like, it lasted for a few weeks, I think, if I can recall right. And then Lauren was like, get up and go outside and live. Cause I was too afraid to even like, when I was driving up to her the first time I was like, I can die at any moment. I can die at any moment. I can die. You know, I, I do remember you saying that. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And so like that fear is where I began my walk with God. And part of my walk was like, okay, well now you understand your mortality. Will you trust me to take a step and not be in control? You can't control. Yeah. And like, you kind of have to lose sense of that control and that fear. Right. I mean, do you feel like that's part of of what was going on with you and what's For going sure. on? For sure, I think still? I think my perspective on the fear of God was a little different. Yeah, and mine was more of like a reverence yeah. for authority. Yeah, um, and not a fear of God. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it was that wrestle of control. I mean, it, it, let's be honest, we all love and desire deeply control because oh, yeah. when we're in control, we feel safe. Yeah, and and so you know, and and being from the position that I was. And, and that was kind of the other thing too, is I, I kind of had built my bravado on this whole bootstrap mentality. Like you pull yourself up and you take care of your own business and tuck your chin and get the work done. And you know, that's how things are done. And, and the reality with all the heart stuff was like, it just didn't, didn't work. Didn't yeah. count. Like it doesn't matter. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it was this, it was this transference of my own abilities um, and my own desires and outcomes and perspectives to trying to say, you know, what do you want, God? It's now yours. Yeah. Like, and what does this look like? And I think, but yeah, I mean, I still had, you know, the selfishness of like just wanting to be around and, and not, you know, the, the kids were, I, I wrestled with the, the selfishness in the sense of like, I want to be here for these kids. Yeah. You know, and and not just, not just in the, the, the healthy way, but like in the selfish way, like I want to see these kids, I want to be around and, you know, this, uh, it is off, off topic, but, um, you just kind of sparked a, a memory, um, that it was, it was really, uh, there was a, a, a friend of mine who, who passed away, um, I don't know, three, three years ago, I guess, um, maybe two years, I don't know. But anyway, she, uh, had a long illness and a big family, lots of kids, a beautiful family, um, 
loved Jesus. I mean, she like very, very devout in her faith and committed to Jesus. And she was actually doing a podcast in kind of the later stages of her, her, her battle. And she said that like her last bit of spiritual development was that she had to learn how to give her kids back to God. Mm. Mm. I mean, like, and I look, you say that and my heart, like, I'm like, listen, I love, I love my Lord. I know. I'm not, I don't know. That's I, a hard statement. Yeah. 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 And that's, I mean, I mean, a kid, every, every time, every yeah, time it's just tough, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, that it is, it is, uh, it's amazing. Um, how having children kind of changes that, that, that fear, Oh yeah. you know, yeah. it, yeah. Cause you don't want to leave them alone, but it, you know, as we talk about, um, as if we're going to fear as if in anyway. and, and as if they'll be alone. Right, right. Right. You know, right. Fear. That's what and, I said. It's a selfish and ego thing for yeah. sure. Fear and faith. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I, I confess it in the pulpit often because it's like, you know, I, I, I'm in, in one breath, I'm saying, you know, we need to trust that God has us. And, and, and even, and sometimes that means that we're going to suffer, but we don't suffer alone. The Lord's with us. But it, I always find myself confessing up there, like, this does not mean that I don't yeah. experience anxieties and fear. I mean, right now, I actually admitted last weekend, like, I'm, I'm in the valley of the shadow of death right now. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I can't see past the end of my nose. I have zero sense of certainty. Right. Certainty, which is of course an illusion. There's never anything right. certain, um, you know, except that there's a God and I'm not a Him, you right. know. But, uh, but uh, there's this. Uh, I, I look at when Peter stepped out of the boat, and that by itself, an amazing act of of faith. You know, the one person, one person in history walks on water that's not frozen, and Peter thinks he's going to be the second. Right. That's bold. And he steps out of the boat and he walks out and then he gets distracted by the things of the world and the, the sound and the, the waves and the wind. And, and it, just like any one of us, he loses sight of Christ and sinks. But then he says, he cries out to the Lord. He doesn't try to swim himself back to the boat. And I got, and he cries out to the Lord, which is again, a, a sign of faith. So like, I, I just, I feel like it's this kind of, that's how we, that's our life. Yeah. It's this moments those mountaintop moments of great faith and you step out and then it's the fear sets in you lose sight of christ you sink but as long as we cry out to the right person you know as long as we're not like hanging on to like i got this lord right you know hold my beer and watch this right you know but as long as (laughs) we are crying out (laughs) you know right um (laughs) but as long as we're crying out to the lord even though in those moments where our faith is weak you know jesus will reach in and grab us well and that's what you know I talk to a lot of people about a relationship with God and a lot of what I know of God is, is not just scriptural. It is scriptural and it's confirmed in scripture, but it's, it's also experiential in this sense is like, I have felt God tell me a direction to go in my life. And usually it would be like, I need you to take this small step. And I would, hear that you know I would know I I, kind of confirm it through the scripture and the word that God wanted me to take this small step and I would take the small step afraid and he would be faithful yeah and then he'd say I need you to take this step and then I'd take that step and then he'd be faithful and so like I think what was happening to me in the very beginning is God was teaching me to trust him like quite literally like yeah in my life, every step he was giving me to take was putting more of a trust where suddenly I go, oh, you're always going to be there. You're going to be there every time my foot falls. And then he would give me these steps where I felt like I wasn't stepping out 
with anything underneath me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like there was no bridge left. And so rather than finding firm footing, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm falling. And then he's there. Yeah. And he says, you can trust me even now. And so there's this sense in which I feel like my whole life has been God overcoming my fear uh, and helping me to see I can trust him. Um, and so like, you know, when you talk about faith and fear like that, that to me is the life with God. Yeah. It, it, it's, and, and, and what happens is sometimes that fear comes back and I go, well, what am I going to do? Right. What am I going to do? Well, that's, you know, that's and a- then God goes, I need you to take this step. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, go. that's why I wish, I wish the, I mean, not to change the scripture at all, but in, if like, if I could, like in my mind, uh, imagine, uh, mm, just I don't a, like where this is going. If oh you gosh, were to, well, just it. say he didn't just say they didn't get back in the boat immediately and they walked in the other direction. Jesus pulls him up and he's standing on the surface of the water again and they're walking together and they walk the other way. How often do you think he's going to fall again? Right. <laughs> you know, like, right. like we just got that one example, but how often do you think he's going to end up sinking and needing to get pulled back up again? It's a lot. Just, I just think that's life. A lot. And, and, and the thing and is, nobody's is like, immune to that. And, and, and what I, what I often am just trying to teach people and this is what it, it's, it's uh, frustrating, but also, when I see people do it, it just encourages me. When I hear your story, Cameron, it encourages me, which is, is that I just want people to seek out the step God's asking them to take and let him show you that he's faithful because he is faithful. Like and you he, went to seminary without direction. <clears throat> you just felt like you should go to seminary. Yeah. It sounds, and it was provided for you. <laughs> it sounds a lot different when we, when we kind of reflect back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it was different in the moment, yeah. but, but, but seeing how, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. That's, but and I, think, I, I didn't know that about your story. I mean, and coming back to that trust thing for me too, is just like this idea of outcomes, right? Like letting our own expectations of what that's supposed to come to is huge. I mean, that's more of, I feel like where my trust has taken me was stop looking for the answers to be what you want. Yeah. Let go of the outcome. Yeah. And, and just because, yeah, I mean, if you would have asked me in that moment, I mean, I mean, I took a long time to get through seminary. I'm honest. Um, (laughs) if you would have asked me in that moment, like, you know, yeah, I just, I would never have been able to stand here right now and look back and be like, yeah, I knew what I was doing or why. Right. Um, and that was part of the trust for me. It was like, there's no outcome I'm looking for, you know? And I, you know, when thinking about this component of trust and like taking those steps and like, I, I had to let go of like being caught. I had to just truly like let myself fall and, and say wherever I land, mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. And if it's not where I want, even if it's not like my perspective of good, you know, like it might not be the most financially beneficial situation. Thing. I think we've found all of ourselves in right, or recently. it might not be the safest or the most, you know, lucrative or whatever, right? Like it's not why we're here, right? And and that's not why I took the step. You know, and it, it, again it comes back to me from that authority component of like, am I taking steps for my own sake? And am I using God as as some kind of wishing well or genie and am I falling into this folk theology of just you know trying to control my circumstances and just god is the means in which i try well it's mm. one of my it's one of my like issues that. that's it's, a well said it's one of my issues with the church in the direction that the church in especially in america has gone which is is that uh people talk about these 10 year these 10 year i've got these 10 life year cycles visions. or whatever i got this 10 year vision of my life I got this 10 year and like, I don't, I don't begrudge anybody that (laughs) I don't begrudge anybody that, uh, 
I just know that God's never worked that way with me. He'll, he could, he could tell me what's going to happen. Like he'll, he'll say, you'll end up in a good place in a long time. He won't tell me specifically what it looks like or anything like that. I'm not saying he, he can't tell us that, but I think oftentimes that's just, once again, our desire to control our situ- yeah. situation. Like you talked about putting on our, our board, our uh, dream board, you know, or our uh, vision board, you know, of <laughs> yeah. every, everything we want to happen in our life. Okay. What if your vision board was blank yeah. and you just put God on it yeah. and ask for God to lead you to the vision that he has for your life? And I think that transforms and changes the direction that we have. Well, I think it's oh, – go ahead. Well, I was okay. just going to say one of the things that I, I would say about that is I've actually shifted. I no longer write down goals that I want as far as outcomes. I write down work I want to do. Mm. So it's like oh, – that's cool. It's like – so if I have like – instead of being like, oh, I'd like to see, you know, you know, I don't know, attendance at a service grow. Like, okay, that's I don't care about that. I'm not yeah. gonna put down a goal. I'm gonna say I wanna reach out to people more often. Yeah. I can do that. Right. I can I can take active steps. The fruit and the outcome that's that's, that's not God. for me. Right. Yeah. So I've shifted from like kind of talking about that that whiteboard of goals. Like I don't do a goal in the sense of like, you know, outcomes. I do goals in the sense of like work. Right. Like here are the things I wanna do. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and I focus on am I doing those things, and and yeah, whatever shakes out is whatever shakes out. But so nobody knows this about you, but your uh, wife works here. Yes, with at, John at, at North. Well, I don't think anybody knows where here is, right? I mean, we're on uh, we've, we've talked about it. Yeah, uh, we're we're, we're at North, North Cross. Cross. Um, it's like the first currently time filming we ever or or recording recording at, 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 North, at North Cross. Cross. And, and and yeah, I I can just say uh, Cameron's uh, wife Megan is just a rock star here like she she makes me look like i know what i'm doing so i really appreciate that which is really really hard it's very yes. hard let's talk about art I mean, that is. yeah 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 for sure so. she's putting the team on her back right uh, you know what else is i think an interesting point um the first time i ever preached a sermon uh cameron was the one who um kind of guided this guided, oh that's yeah, right that, yeah. i did I, yeah. I we did uh and in, in shift at Saint Timothy, yep. yeah, yeah. You were the you uh, introduced me. You yeah. kind of got you know you gave me a pep talk, prayed with me beforehand. I'll never forget that, brother. Yeah, awesome. It's a small world, man. It is. Do you still do a, a moment of silence at the end of your sermons? Uh, so well, I had to kind of. Um, <laughs> He's like, I thought better. No, no. no. <laughs> so to what do I that did type is, of thing. I I kind of I I took his. Um, I found it silly. I t- <laughs> I didn't. No, <laughs> and um, then cringy and horrible. <laughs> We, uh, because we do communion every Sunday here, yeah. um, the meditation time is actually communion time. Oh, that's um, good. He's so, like, we just did it better. Is before, it's like rather than silence, we thought communion. Yeah. Whereas yeah. before um, at Waldheim, um, it was, we did it, the communion like y'all do. Well, I just uh, remember you'd said like, uh-huh, totally. Because of that, you incorporated it. Absolutely. I, was, I thought that was a smart Absolutely. Thing. And I really. I didn't, and that's not my thing either. So if it if it is terrible. Oh, gosh, we are. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing new What do we do that's not ripping somebody else off? Oh, I mean, good every. Thing is. I mean, we've kind of been on the planet for a minute. Yeah. The, this Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. It, so, it does. Yeah. And it also, I've, I was racking my brain trying to think of the scripture. Um, but it's where, like, uh, we we make our plans, but God um, orders, our, orders steps. our steps. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, we do this every time, Cameron, when somebody's joining us, which nervous now is, like, almost three or four times. So yeah. you're like the... Maybe third guess. We can call it tradition. Now. Didn't we you say that tradition. I was your like seventh attempt, though? 
uh, of like last trying resort. to get somebody today. Right. Last you know, resort. you were the only one available, yeah. okay. but we All did right. appreciate it. Okay. And I mean, so, W is pretty far down in the directory. It is. Yeah. <laughs> So Feel good about that one. I do. I right. really do. Proud of you, big so guy. So, Cameron, why don't you uh, pray to the Lord that we can trust? Are we closing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. Out. I'll send us out. I didn't know if that was like a closing prayer or for just like an intermission prayer. No, you can pray us all out. Right, I'll, I'll pray us out. All right. Um, Heavenly Father, uh, as I always do, I thank you. I thank you for this day. I thank you for life. I thank you for breath in our lungs and the opportunity to be here today, an opportunity to serve you, to love you, and to love those around us. And so, God, I just pray that you continue to to guide us, to guide our steps, to to let us see your authority in our lives and mm-hmm. that we can follow that authority um, in everything that we do and say. I pray that this podcast, for as um, disorganized as it is. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> we know it, Lord. That uh, it can truly be used to, to, to share your love um, and, and your teachings in this world. And, yeah, I just pray that you continue to guide each and every one of us, that we grow in your likeness and in your love in everything that we do and say. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to Let the Bible Speak. If you'd like to support us, subscribe to the podcast by clicking that little plus symbol on your phone until it becomes a check mark. You can also share these episodes with a friend. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at letthebiblespeakpodcast at gmail.com. If you write us at letthebiblespeak at gmail.com, we will not receive your email, so make sure it is letthebiblespeakpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. Thank you.